Over to Perth, the 10 time NBL champion, Perth Wildcats. Thank you, Mason. And as he just said, now we'll be discussing the 10 times NBL champions, the most successful sporting franchise in world history with 34 straight postseason appearances, your NBL 20 champions, and deservedly so, the Perth Wildcats. Except for Maccabi Tel Aviv. We said we wouldn't, we wouldn't uh, mention that. <laughs> Hello, Wildcats. What up, cool cats, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm recording this the night of the 25th of May, and this is the Cool Cats Corner, episode 29. Thank you very much for stopping back in with me. I myself am back from a two-week break, and I'm very happy to be gracing the airways once again. I have been keeping my ear to the floor and trying to get the most accurate information as possible for you guys out there, even though at times it feels impossible to get the information on the NBL. Ask Brad Newley if you know you know. But in this week's podcast, I will run through another edition of our Cool Cats Corner Random NBL Rookie of the Year Generator. I'll touch on some news headlines surrounding the cats, and most importantly, I hope to entertain you for the time that I have you. So before we get into it, you can give me a follow on Instagram at Cool Cats Corner. So give it a follow and I'll let you guys know when new podcasts are about to drop. You can also rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. I appreciate any time you guys take to uh, give some feedback. It's all taken on board, trust me, and I really do appreciate it. But without any further ado, let's get into it. Brothers and sisters, I don't know what this world is coming to. And my opening today is about greatness. But I'll actually start this opening with this fantastic, fantastic sentence. Bryce Cotton is joining the Perth Wildcats once again. Let's go home! Let's go home, ladies and gentlemen! Let's go home! According to an ESPN article by NBL insider Olga Knowledge, Bryce has signed again to the Perth Wildcats. People around the Twitter sphere are celebrating. Nick Tan's made an incredible MJ-inspired I'm Back graphic. My boy from ISO Ball, Mike, has also made one as well, so go check those out. Mike's is on my Instagram, and all is well in the world once again. So I myself had a strong feeling that Bryce would be coming back, and I'll tell you why. Bryce is a basketball poet who is loving writing his story in the NBL. So let's see what his basketball quiver has penned so far. Well, since joining the league halfway through the NBL 2017 season, Bryce has these feats to his name. Three-time NBL champion. Two-time NBL Grand Final MVP, two-time NBL MVP, three-time All-NBL First Team, and three-time NBL Scoring Champion. As you can see, along with team records, Bryce does all right in the individual accolade department as well. And hey, who's to say Andrew Bogut doesn't owe Bryce his NBL 19 MVP trophy as well? But I've already touched on that in previous podcasts, so we'll leave it there. But as I look through this incredible list of achievements, I think, what does Bryce not have? What would propel Bryce into the annals of NBL history as the greatest import in the history of the NBL? What was the thing that did that for Michael Jordan? A three-peat. Now, I understand these are two very different circumstances, and it is extremely NBA fanboy of me to even bring Jordan up in this opening. But I don't believe it can be overlooked, so I haven't. Now, not even Bryce's own all-NBL record-holding champion teammates in Jesse Wagstaff and Damian Martin can say they have a three-peat. And what a way that would be to send Damo on his way to retirement. Lucky championship number seven, a three-peat. All right, now, on a team level, NBL three-peats have been achieved before. Not saying they haven't, 
the Sydney Kings achieved their first, winning championships three consecutive times in 03, 04 and 05. The New Zealand Breakers then equaled their greatness by keeping the NBL title off Australian soil after championships in 2011, 2012 and 2013. Both these franchises will go down in history as being two of the powerhouse franchises in the NBL, no doubt. But they're not the greatest. So, for us Wildcats to cement our name as undisputed greatest franchise in NBL history and silence those East Coast haters, we need that three-peat. Now, the Wildcats have won back-to-back titles three times before. However, we never managed that illustrious three-peat, made so famous by the already mentioned Michael Jordan and those 90s Bulls. The Wildcats won our first back-to-back championships in 1990 and 1991 seasons. Unfortunately, in 1992, when we were looking for that three-peat, the Cats finished in sixth place with a record of 12 wins and 12 losses, and we were swept out of the final series by a very good Melbourne Tigers team. The Tigers themselves that year narrowly lost the grand final series to the South East Melbourne Magic two games to one as the Magic claimed their first ever NBL title. So we fell short in that first instance. Secondly, the Wildcats experienced back-to-back championship triumph once again, thanks to championships in 2016 and 2017. The 2018 season was looking like the Wildcats' best chance at achieving this three-peat, with many experts tipping the Wildcats to take the crown once again in 2018. Once again, the Wildcats fell short in the semi-finals, getting swept by Adelaide 36's team. The Sixers would once again go into the championship series, narrowly losing out to Casey Prather's Melbourne United. Casey Prather himself achieving an individual three-peat that year, having won it already two years previously with the Wildcats, doing what we couldn't, unfortunately. But congratulations to Casey. So now you know the history of our past failed attempts at the three-peat. You can see just how hard it is to achieve. And that brings us to the present day, gearing up for NBL 21. Three-peat once again in sights. And I, for one, remain extremely optimistic we'll see a season. So let's silence those naysayers. What I will say is that had COVID-19 not hit and the NBL season tipped off under usual circumstances, I have no doubt we were going to be going in favourites to win the NBL title in NBL 21. We had two NBL first-teamers still under contract and at the peak of their careers. We had Clint Steindl quickly becoming the most lethal shooter in the game. We had Damian Martin gearing up for one last run. And most importantly... We still had Trevor Gleeson at the helm and Jack Bendat as our owner of a very successful franchise. For those of you out there saying that the Perth Wildcats would not have been there in the final week of the season for NBL 21, hit me up, make your case. It would have to be a damn compelling one. But Bryce is back and our dreams of a three-peat have reappeared. And now, in my opinion, all that stuff that has happened in the off-season with the opt-outs, opt-ins and all the rest, this will make that three-peat all the sweeter. The additional adversity we've had to face will further justify our greatness if Bryce was able to lead our Wildcats to a three-peat. And I think Bryce knows that. I think that's why Bryce is back. Three and a half years in this league, three NBL titles, two NBL MVPs, three NBL first teams. But what about being the catalyst behind the Wildcats' first ever three-peat? Wow. So what happens now that Bryce is back and leads us to that three-peat? That would make him the greatest NBL import of all time and cement our Wildcats as the greatest franchise in NBL history, period. And that's my open for today, guys. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. Welcome to the Cats Corner NBL Random Rookie of the Year Generator. It's time to learn about some young players who took the league by storm, balled out and became legends. It's history revision time. Let's go. 
number 37, Rookie of the Year 2019, Harry Frawling. Harry Frawling, he shows he can shoot the ball. Andres Deleon back to Froling. Three-point land, Harry! Oh, it's easy! Harry Froling. It looks good through the air. And even better through the bottom of the net. Our first rookie of the year for this week is young Australian big man, Harry Froling. And this is a very welcome addition to the Rookie Generator this week, particularly as he's in the midst of deciding where he wants to play basketball for the NBL 21 season. It's topical, so let's talk about him. Having just turned 21, Harry is one of the brightest young stars in Australia. Harry stands almost 7 foot tall and weighs in around 120 kilograms, one of the few men in the NBL that can stand toe-to-toe with big outback Shaq, Nate Jawai, and hold his own. Now think about that. That would be an incredible WWE wrestling match. Vince McMahon lined that one up. But I digress. And after a rough college career where he struggled to find the court for Marquette, Frawling came home to Australia and signed a two-year deal with the Adelaide 36ers in 2019. He won NBL Rookie of the Year after averaging eight points per game on 50% shooting, four and a half rebounds a game and one assist. All of that in 14.2 minutes per game. So no slouch there. He did see a slight dip in his production and minutes in year two in the NBL. However, this is more an indictment on the Adelaide coaching situation in NBL 20 rather than Harry himself. In year two, and at 21 years old, Harry's game didn't appear to advance, and thus the 36ers missed the playoffs. 500 game coach Joey Wright was out the door at the end of NBL 20, and so too was Harry Froling. Harry is currently a free agent, testing his value in this current COVID-inflicted NBL free agent pool. All the best out there to him. I really do feel for those players trying to test their worth at the moment because Harry himself is a talent and deserves a lot of money. I, for one, as a Wildcats fan, would love to see young Harry Frawling pull on the Wildcats red. A young Australian big with immense talent needs a great franchise in the NBL, and that is our Perth Wildcats. It's good for business. It's good for ball in Australia. But if you're listening, Harry, that's my pitch to you. But no doubt there's going to be a lot of teams vying for Harry's services. As I've already mentioned, he has that imposing stature. But what I really haven't mentioned is his amazing ability to shoot the ball from beyond the arc. So standing almost 7 foot, he averages an impressive 42% from beyond the arc over his career so far. This ability to stretch the court is paramount for centers in the modern NBA, and NBA scouts are looking all over the world to find them, so it's a serious luxury. In an interview with ESPN in 2019, Frawling spoke of how he uses modern NBA all-star Nikola Jokic's style of play as inspiration for his own style of play. Frawling said, The way Jokic gets his shot off, he's not necessarily jumping over dudes, but he always seems to get past them. He's taken a lot of slow, long steps and using his weight and manages to get a shot off every time. Watching how he does it against more athletic guys that are going to block his shot is really interesting to watch, and I definitely think it's going to help my game, whether it's over here or internationally. So Nikola himself is one hell of a player to base a game off, and if he can replicate this style in any way, I am worried for the rest of the NBL. The reason why the Joker works so well is that he's a focal point of this Denver Nuggets offense, and maybe that's what Harry needs. Maybe you've got to run the entire offense through him. But then that does put a bit of pressure on Harry to get fit and be able to stay there for big minutes, because so far in his NBL career, he's only averaged around 14 minutes a game. But as far as what Harry really needs to work on, it's his defense. At 7 foot tall, he only averages 0.1 blocks per game over his NBL career. That's kind of inexcusable. For reference, Joker himself averages 0.7 blocks per game this year. 
But that just means there's a lot of room for improvement for Harry. And I have no doubt that under the right coaching, Harry could be one of Australia's greatest big men and potentially see a stint in the NBA. So in regards to his free agency, watch this space on Harry's Instagram. He does keep dropping teasers that something new may be coming. Being from Queensland himself, I have a feeling the young Australian big might be suiting up in the orange next season. But that would be great for the league and Harry himself. I'd love to see that happen. Whoever does get Harry is going to have a project on their hands. However, well and truly worth the time and effort. They really could mould Australia's next great big man here. But that's our first cab off the rank. Harry Frawling. second guy it's steve lunardon and steve lumpy lunardon received the rookie of the year award in 1986 after averaging 10.9 points per game on 48.5 shooting from the field cleaning the glass with 7.5 rebounds per game and protecting the paint with 1.6 blocks per game all in 26 games that season so a fairly big sample size so so as the australian public were watching i'm sure they were expecting steve to jump to the next level and averaging 10.9 in your first season not a bad way to step onto the scene he won the award playing for the non-awarding Spectres, now in NBL 1. The Spectres themselves, the men's team, entered the National Basketball League, joining nine other teams for the league's inaugural season. Now, as I'm doing my research, I come across all types of information about people. Some good, some bad, some happy and some devastating. And the latter is the news that I came across while researching Steve. So I was trying to actually understand why his stats completely dropped off after his breakout 1986 season. Now, I'm not saying this is the reason, but I have no doubt this what I'm about to tell you, but I have no doubt that what I'm about to tell you is a contributing factor. Stephen's younger brother, Robert, suffered from a heart condition called cardiomyopathy, a disease which affects one in about 500 people these days. In extreme circumstances, it can actually require a heart transplant. On the 13th of February, 1987, Robert traveled out to Nanawading to play for the Sabres. During the game, while sitting on the bench, he collapsed and despite the best efforts of all who assisted him, they were unable to revive him. Robert has been honoured and remembered since 1987, as the Southern Basketball Association each year awards the most outstanding Sabre junior boy and girl, the Robert Lunardon Award. And back to his older brother Steve, and he wins the Rookie of the Year in 1986. His younger brother passes on a basketball court in 87. Robert's career production halves in year two, and then completely diminishes. He finished with career numbers of these, 4.2 points per game, 3.4 rebounds per game, 0.4 assists per game, and 0.6 blocks per game. So as you can see, after this incredible rookie season, his numbers at least severely went down. Now, there's not a lot of information out there, as with the most of the case with these 80s NBL players, so I do have to say it's all speculations about why the numbers reduced. I'm not sure if he dealt with injuries after his rookie year. I'm not sure if he fell out of favor with new head coach at the time, Brian Gorgian. I guess we'll have to try and get Steve in the corner one day to chat it out. Steve did sign with the Melbourne Tigers in 1991, and Gorgian took the Spectres to the final series in that year where he left. The Spectres did lose to our Perth Wildcats in that 1991 season in what would be our second title and our first back-to-back championship. Why do I mention this? Because we're a Perth Wildcats podcast and I thought I'd drop it in for you cool cats. Lunardon himself stood 208 centimetres, which was extremely tall for the NBL during this time in the league. For our reference, that's about two centimetres taller than Nick K. This actually resulted in Steve becoming a co-founder of Tall Peoples United, 
And according to their Facebook page, TPU, if I may call it that, they are working towards these goals. Providing social networking for Australia's tall adults and teens. Showcasing current fashion available to tall people. Promoting small businesses, creating niche products for tall people. And finally, my favorite was create a new Guinness World Record for the largest group of tall people in a confined area, in which they did in 2010. So shout out to Tall Peoples United, TPU. Getting a shout out in the corner. But according to his LinkedIn, he's a teacher now at Wesley College in Victoria, and I hope the students still pester him about stories from the old NBL days. His production did fall away, but he did stick around in the league from 86 to 94. So he gave it his best crack, no doubt, in the NBL. The man's obviously an innovator off the court, and I can't wait to see what Steve does next. So that's our second Rookie of the Year down. Go well, Steve. brings an athleticism as Glidden. You might like Wiley, but I love Glidden when he hits threes like that. Goes outside to Glidden, shot clock to five now. Bit of pressure and Glidden says, I'll go for it, why not? Then a shoulder on Brendan Tease. Can they make it a successful Sunday? Yes, they can! Cam Glennon with a career high! Alright, so it's a WA boy and it's Cam Glidden, our second active player from this week's Cool Cats Corner Random Rookie of the Year segment. Cam himself was born in Perth, Western Australia and grew up in Bunbury. So that's a couple of hours south of Perth for those Cool Cats not familiar. This is also the birthplace of fellow Rookie of the Year, Mark Worthington. But on to Cam... When he could go to college, he did so, and he attended it in the States for four years at Concordia University in California, in which he became a lethal three-point shooter and one of Australia's brightest up-and-coming stars. At 23 years old, and in his final year of college, Glidden led the Concordia Eagles to the National Association of Intercollegiate Athletes, or the NAIA, National Championship, and then he went on to be named the All-Tournament MVP. In this season, he started all 32 games, averaged 14.6 points per game, 3.6 boards, and 2.3 assists. Oh, and two steals per game. So he was locking people up on defense as well as getting it on offense. So what more can you ask from a player? But he returned back to the NBL, not by signing with his home state Perth Wildcats, but with those Cairns Taipans to a three-year deal. In his NBL debut season, he averaged 7.1 points per game, four rebounds, and 2.8 assists. So pretty handy numbers offensively, but like I just said, the dude also played on the defensive end, went both ways. Glidden was ranked third in the league for steals, averaging 1.4 per game. The Snakes themselves missed the playoff this year, finishing in sixth place. In year two, Glidden managed 25 games, in which he averaged 12.1 points per game, three rebounds, and 2.9 assists per game. This was good enough to have him win the club MVP. However, Cairns once again missed the playoffs, finishing in sixth place. In year three, Glidden was named team captain, a possible attempt to get him to pick up his third year option on the contract. The promotion to the leadership position worked and Glidden was signed for the NBL 16 season. The Taipans made history this year by using the same starting five of Scotty Wilbeacon, named to the NBL first team this season, Cam Glidden, Stephen Way, Alex Lawton and Matt Burston, 
So a pretty impressive feat that the same five guys went on to have this incredible season. But it should also be mentioned that they were helped by Cam Trigard winning sixth man of the year. So his bench performances all year long, helping this starting five, demonstrating it's still a team game. Anyway, this starting five and Trigard led the Taipans to their first ever minor premiership with this incredible 21-7 and record. And this earned head coach Aaron Fern coach of the year. Unfortunately for the Snakes, they were beaten in the finals by a very good New Zealand Breakers team. So the success from this season kept Glidden at the Snakes, and he signed on for a further three years with the franchise. During this time, Glidden would only go back to the finals one more time. In that instance, they met our Perth Wildcats in the semi-finals. We swept them 2-0. New face Bryce Cotton was named finals MVP, as our third-seeded Perth Wildcats beat out the Illawarra Hawks in a three-game series for yet another NBL championship. In Cam's final year captaining the Snakes, they experienced their worst season in his time there finishing with a record of 11-17, and 17, and the move was imminent. However, Glidden's shooting hand had never been better, knocking down an incredible 98% of his free throws and 43% of his shots beyond the arc. The dude is a truly lethal shooter. This incredible shooting made him a very hot free agent come the end of the season, and at the end of the NBL season, he went on to sign with Crosstown Rivals, the Brisbane Bullets, on another three-year deal. So these consistent three-year deals were a testament to the type of player Cam is, providing efficiency for his team consistently. One of my favorite Cam Glidden moments over the years occurred in his first year with the Bullets, where Glidden led Lamar Patterson and the Brisbane Bullets with 30 points in a big win over the 36ers in Adelaide. No easy feat. Glidden knocked down a very big three off an inbound plate to win the game with 0.5 seconds remaining on the clock. I highly recommend you guys go back and check those highlights out. The boy from Bunbury was murdering the 36ers all game, and it was a sight to see. You knew he was there to play when he knocked down a big three in the first quarter and then completely body checks Brandon Tease after he dropped it, going out of his way to say, yo, what's up, we're here. And to add insult to injury, the man we first spoke about, Harry Froling, he was put in no man's land by Cam when he stepped back and knocked down a huge three after crossing him up. So seriously, go back and check those highlights out, they're dope. But in his final year with the Bullets, he's seen a dip in his production. So that was NBL 20, where he only averaged 7.1 points per game. If you can recall from earlier in this segment, that was the same amount of points he scored during his rookie season all those years ago. So this is all understandable. Cam lost his shooting flow this season and may have been a bit down on confidence. The introduction of shooting guard Nathan Sobey sent Cam to the bench and we saw him operate more of a six man. At 30 years of age, I'm sure Cam still wants to be starting in this league, so I'm interested to see what he does at the end of NBL 21, when that three-year contract is actually over with the Bullets. At that time, he'll be 31 years old and he'll still have that deadly shooting stroke. I myself wouldn't mind seeing him come home to the Cats, but I don't think Cam has that in his plans. In an interview recently, he was asked if he would come back to his home state and play ball. But Cam actually said he thinks it's more fun and more challenging in beating the Wildcats for a championship rather than joining us for one. Hey, each man to their own. We're all motivated in different ways, that's chill. I believe his fellow Bunbury brother, Mark Worthington, aired the same intentions whilst he was in the league, and thus he never joined the Cats himself. And in all fairness to Wertho, he got his ring. So maybe, just maybe, Cam may do the same. But I'll say it one more time and only one more time. Come home, Cam Glidden. So I'll leave you guys with five Q&As from Cam's Facebook Live post only a month ago. He answered some questions. These are it. So who was his favorite athlete growing up? Michael Jordan, he said. So he must have enjoyed that last dance, a hell of a documentary as well. There's some really cool reviews out there by a lot of different Australian basketball podcasts. So go check those out, guys. Question number two, who was his funniest teammate, which he generously shouts himself out? Number three, who was his toughest NBL opponent? You'll like this, Cool Cats. Easily Bryce Cotton. Number four, if he was to have a player join the Bullets from a different sporting code, who would he pick? Dusty Martin. 
And number five, what is he looking forward to most when self-isolation is all over? And I think we're all feeling this. It's seeing the fellas. So if you like what he had to say, go give him and that more follow on social media and make sure you stay up to date with Cam and his antics. He's a lot of fun on there. But that's all from us from this week's Cool Cats Corner NBL Rookie of the Year Generator. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. We're rolling on to the next. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware that it's a very respected organization. You guys have a lot of winning history, so I'm happy to be a part of this club and try to keep that tradition going. I was happy today that uh, we played at that level. We just kept on playing relentless basketball, which is Wildcats. So- So I hope you guys enjoyed that random rookie segment there. I love bringing those to you and revisiting the history of these great players in our league and the current ones that are still going like Harry and like Cam. It's all the better because it just informs you guys and educates you guys. And hopefully you guys can catch some of the story they're still telling in the NBL today. But finally, to close out the podcast, I want to touch on some headlines which have been generated over the last couple of weeks, just so I can give you guys my educated opinion on them. So let's call this a Cool Cats look at the Perth Wildcats news cycle. So let's get into these headlines now. Is Keanu Pinder back in town? Yes, son of Wildcats legend Kendall Pinder is back in town after his two-year stint in Europe. He's only just turned 25 years old in May, so happy birthday shout out Keanu, and he's about to enter the peak of his basketballing career. Keanu has dished his long trademark dreads and worked on his game over the past year. He made decent contributions in the box score as well as adding to the highlight reel for his Polish team in the second year with the team. In 14 games this season, He averaged 20.9 minutes per game, scored 7.1 points per game on almost 50% shooting from the floor, 22.2% shooting from three-point land, hauled in 5.7 rebounds per game, 1.3 assists, 0.6 blocks, and 0.6 steals per game. But what is most important is that his game showed improvement year in, year out. What worries me about him is his 50% free throw percentage. But that is something that can be worked on throughout the long NBL season. NBL teams do a lot more practice sessions than teams in Europe as European teams often play more midweek games. Therefore, additional training sessions, NBL offers him the propensity to improve his game further from the charity stripe. I, for one, would love to see Keanu in the Wildcats for NBL 21. At 6'8 and 100 kilos, think of him as an even stronger Xavier Cooks. And we as Wildcats saw the impact Xavier Cooks had for the ladder-leading Sydney Kings last year. Now put your pitchforks away, Red Army. I know you guys aren't super fond of him, but you can't deny his ability on the court. But in a West Australian article with Josh Garlip, I hope I'm saying his name right, Keanu indicated that he was interested in playing for his hometown team. However, he did say that he didn't want to have a small role on the team. What we do know is that minutes are earned in Trevor Gleason's system. They don't come easy. That being said, think back to NBL 20 and how often we went to Majok Majok for big minutes. Majok even started the second half of the season when Dario saw the bench. So no doubt there's need for another big like Keanu in our lineup. So there are minutes there to be won, and I'd love to see Keanu win some. So fingers crossed from me, Red Army. Let's see if we can get Keanu in the Wildcats red next season. Alright, now a second headline. Is Chris Golding going to be a Wildcat? So this is another Josh Garlop paywalled headline, and I will confidently say that I don't think we're going to see that. This was absolutely written for more clicks and for Red Army favourite, Nick Tan, that's the second shout out in this podcast, to make some fun edits. 
As far as system guys go, Chris isn't one. And on a side note, I have noticed there's a common trend across Perth Wildcats history. Even though we've had a lot of success, 10 championships need I remind you, we don't have a large number of teammates in the NBL first team from the same year. Well, at least we boast a lot less than you'd imagine. Paul Rogers and Ricky Grace were our first tandem, and that was in 2002. Lish and Knight once again in 2013, and then Nick and Bryce more recently over the past two seasons. For how successful we are, we really don't rely on single players. Golding is the type of player who demands the camera's attention on the court, and I'm not saying he isn't a great player, I'm just saying he doesn't fit what we do here in Perth. In addition to this, we already have a more proven scorer on our team who scores at a more efficient rate than Golding. That's Clint Steindl. And the NBL Pocket Podcast came up with a fantastic player comparison statistic for Clint and Chris. Go back and check the stats on that. I don't want to steal Joseph's thunder there. It's a great comparison based on player efficiency ratings. But speaking purely based on the eye test from last year, so that's just watching games, and as someone who religiously watched NBL games from NBL 20, it was evident that Clint elevated his game to another level last season. Not only offensively, but defensively as well. Clint was consistently targeted when the Wildcats were on defense. And on the majority of instances, he held his own. So that's big props to Clint. Not only this, but Golding will come with a big price tag. And I think we have a cheaper, more efficient alternative. Let's spend the cap elsewhere. So some of us do this to educate, not grab headlines. The third kind of headline we're going to be talking about today, it's not really a headline, but it's two players that I've seen linked to the Perth Wildcats in one form or another. And it's Sunday Detch and Dan Greeter potentially coming home. Now, either of these two Illawarra players joining the Cats on a multi-year deal would be a great pickup for us. Again, I have sung Sunday's praises throughout the entire first season of this podcast. Mr. Detch Vibes is always a welcome addition in the Wildcats jersey. I know he's under contract, but I also know there's a lot of stuff going on in Illawarra and he's been told he can test the market. Coming off a breakout season last year with the Hawks, I can think of no better defensive guard to take over Damian Martin's role long-term for our Cats. He knows our system, he loves Bryce and Bryce loves him, and how much fun would that be those two pairing up in NBL 21? So that's enough on Sunday. Alright, now on to Dan Greeter. And Dan is recovering from an off-season knee injury. Greeter had mentioned recently that he's feeling good and he's been getting a lot of advice from old Hawks teammate Angus Glover. And Angus had recently gone through a fair share of knee injuries himself. So seeking advice from someone who has been through that, especially a young guy that's been through that, is extremely wise of Dan. Glove himself talking him through the injury, properly rehabbing and keeping his mind right. Look, not only this, but Dan said he messed up his right knee and he's a left foot jumper. So good signs for him there at least. Not going to lose that crazy athleticism. Greta was a handy role player for the Hawks last year. And the best bit is, he's a WA boy. I was keeping a close eye on Dan knowing that he was in a contract year for NBL 20, and I thought he performed well. The young Hawks faced a lot of pressure once Lamelo went down in a walking boot, and Aaron Brooks went down with that Achilles injury, fouling Brass on that four-point play. Greta was a player who was smothered when he entered the court, and it did affect his field goal percentage and the rest of his game. His field goal percentage dropped from 43 to 39, so I'm, there's no hiding that. But as I said, he did not have a lot of players taking the attention off him. If he was to enter a system like the Wildcats, I think he has the attributes to excel. A combo guard who stands almost 200 centimeters tall and weighs 93 kilograms. He's an athletic player who can protect the rim and guard the perimeter. That's a unique skill set for any player in basketball. His athleticism is a slight concern after the injury, but Dan is adamant he'll be back stronger than ever. And I believe him. We've seen a lot of dudes, especially young dudes, come back even stronger after rehab. 
being only 22 and learning this rehab process, it could actually do more good than bad for Dan. In an interview with Liam Santamaria earlier this month, Greta said he was completely open to anything when he asked if he wants to go back to Illawarra or if he wants to play for the hometown Wildcats. Dan garners the nickname Young's G, and Young's would be a welcome addition to the NBL 21 Wildcats. We'd be able to get him at a discounted rate, and we could lock up a talented young player for a decent couple of years. But that's enough of me covering headlines from around the league for one podcast. So keep your eyes on all the free agency moves once it opens on July 1st. Keep your eyes on the players potentially opting back into contracts. We've already seen Matt Hodgson opt back in. We've seen Bryce come back in. So let's see how the dominoes fall. So a bit of a teaser here, guys. For the next podcast, I have a pretty innovative idea surrounding how we could take advantage of the current COVID situation surrounding college players in the US at the moment. It could really help the NBL and advance our brand as well as help their game. But I'll chat about that with you guys next week. So hang out for that pod drop. Make sure you're following along by either the Instagram or just subscribing. But it's been a lot of fun being back on your airways for you cool cats. Continue to remain safe throughout these times and look out for one another. A final thing, Bryce returned from his journey out in the wilderness with much gold, and all is right in the jungle of Perth. Oh, and one final final thing, a big happy birthday to a repeat guest in the corner, the stinking himself, T-Rob, Latrobe University, Timmy Wicketts, my man Thomas. Much love brother and have a great day. But as always... My name is Mason DeLeo. This is the Cool Cats Corner. Thanks for chilling. Much love.